Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, it is Redmen Radio, number 37, Chris Pajak. In the hissu. In the hissu. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so we've got a kick-off question this week, Chris comes from Matthew J. Caldwell on the Facebook um, subscriber group, which I just want to point out to people, if you subscribe to the RevmenTV.com, we have a, an exclusive group for people to have a chat in Facebook. I it's will warn to get into. you now, yeah, you have to prove that you're a Redmen TV subscriber now, uh, and unfortunately there are some knobheads in there, because we didn't do this from the start. Just be warned, it, 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 it's, it's good, it leads to opportunities like this, uh, and it will be Ross's biggest job of 2018 is weeding out dickheads from that group but there are some really good, good I think he's already there. booted me but <laughs> <laughs> well, Steele's in here and so's Lewis Calvert so you know what I mean Steele shouldn't be allowed in any groups no I know he's definitely not a subscriber he just turns up here I've got, I've got the heart. Literally I, have, just... I literally just haven't got the heart to say go away Steele you do me not <laughs> um, he's good fun just to find out who he's been offending on Twitter lately that's more true than anything else. Evertonians is the answer at the moment. Anyway, Matthew J. Cole looks good in a hat as well. Multiple choice. Well, better because you don't know that he's born. Uh, multiple choice. <laughs> Salary Coutinho tied to an enchanted five-year deal that guarantees their current form and goal return for the full contract. Or Steven Gerrard, age 24, signing for the Reds tomorrow. Ah, that's horrible. Um, Salary and Coutinho, five-year deals, current form. Mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard, age 24. Correct. I want Stevie back. So you get well. It is the thing. You're getting ten years of Steven Gerrard. I want Stevie back, or ten years combined of them two at the same time. Yeah. So, but you I want Stevie Gerrard back. I Paul have just put him on the top of our Christmas tree for a reason. He is right. So yeah, if you watch the video version, you you might be able to see that how well how, how it's framed. But either way, you'll you'll see it in due course. Stephen Gerrard is is the angel atop our studio Christmas tree. I unfortunately would go with Salah and Coutinho. I say unfortunately, lots of fortune, very fortunate because I I think I think this will be a much easier question come the end of the season when Coutinho's got twenty goals and Salah's got forty. Mm. Uh, because if you've got a forty goal a season winger and a twenty goal a season uh, number eight in your team, then you're not getting. You know, I mean, okay, yeah, you, you're gonna get Gerrard. You're gonna get. Uh, do I have Gerard back? But what it, what else are you getting with Salah and Coutinho apart from all the goals and the great play? Really? And the assists. And the assists. I mean, really? What did the Romans what, ever what, do for us? Exactly. You know, Stephen Gerrard is texting players, lad, asking them to come to Liverpool. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's texting them. 
He brings more than just the player himself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, if he gets asked, he might get out of bed and go and talk to someone. Like, um, yeah, no. I, I, here's the thing. Um, I'd, you know what? If mate? you gave me Steve, if now, like, if that was, if I, you got to restart Stephen Gerrard's career and have it all over again, then I'd probably, I would definitely take that. Um, and look, to be fair, you know, in 24, he was kind of over the growing pains, and it was just when he was in his, his absolute stride. Is Istanbul here? That isn't it. 24 year old Stephen Gerrard. So, yeah. And just to have Stevie, but it's interesting. I, the, the, the it's tough. I, I would go. I would go targeting. I don't want. I don't. I'm not gonna fully reason it out because I don't want to feel like I'm spending. I'm dedicating any portion of this podcast towards saying not nice things about Stephen Gerrard. Well, um, I'll, I'll say the nice things about Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard, age 24, coming into our midfield now, could be the catalyst for us hitting the next step. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because him just being in at age 24 doesn't mean that Coutinho and Salah go. No, no, no. You know what I mean? You've got Steven Gerrard. Look, everybody's talking about it. And I disagree with a lot of the captaincy debates, to be perfectly honest. And I think I have done for a few weeks now. But having a leader like that in that dressing room and a guy who's so ingrained in the football club and was the best midfielder in the world for a period of well, that. Yeah. Coutinho and Salah right now could be the best players in the world in their positions, but Steven Gerrard was. Yeah. Guaranteed. And you're guaranteed. And you're going to get him. Of course, as well, you know, he can play right back and, uh, and right mid. And probably right centre-half. Or left centre-half in this. Right centre-half. He's yeah, probably I, our best goal as well. Put him, you know what? At 24, I'd just put him centre-back for us right now. Right now. Forget it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, that, is a, that is a tougher thing. Than I thought. My immediate reaction was just, Think about Salah and Coutinho for the next five years, and then worry about what what comes with. But you're right; that's a great way of thinking about it. There's no guarantee that they they could you know they could leave after a season, but they could equally, if Steven Gerrard's guiding them to what they want to be guided to, they could stay, and you could have all you could have all three perfect scenarios. I mean, we're winning the we're winning the double this year anyway. Um, <laughs> with Gerrard, we might make a play of the league as well. <laughs> so, um, right, we're going to, we uh, switching up this week. We're going to get to some news in brief in a moment. Um, but first, just a, so Emma Sanders, who was a tremendous guest on the was. on the Champions League draw <laughs> and the final words on the build-up for this week uh, for West Brom. She's Rob. got a wonderful, loving, warm smile. Actually, yeah, she said she's right. She's right. So, um, so Porto, it is. Who would be your Redmen TV Valentine's Day date? Uh, Apologises to Ross and then, but as a, as a poll, Paul the charmer, Chris the cheeky one, Ross. The sympathy vote. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Ross. Now, just to clarify, this is still a time of recording. This has still got nearly six hours left on the vote. It's at 1,641 votes. Stop so the far. world. I want to get off. Yeah, yeah. People have clearly got a big opinion on this. So, you know, maybe we we'll Did you vote? Of course I did. What did you vote for? I need to see the answers. What did you vote for? I vote for me. I voted for you too. <laughs> <laughs> but in all likelihood, Paul, you will be my Valentine's date. Absolutely. So, so I mean, I've gone with realism. Absolutely. Under normal circumstances, we're not taking rush. Under normal circumstances, <laughs> listen. This so, is, if I could have seen, if I could have seen the results already, I would have voted for you. But I wanted, I thought, I don't want my vote to be the tipping thing that loses me this. So I, uh, no, I, I've you've got to take your wins where you can. Paul. Absolutely, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. But this is not not a win. If you still want it, if you listen to this. Today. Before like seven o'clock at night on on Tuesday, then you've got time to uh, you've got time to vote for this. So yeah, by all what means, give Twitter Ross handle? 
at m underscore sandy it's all over it's all over twitter chris it's taken over it's got 1600 people talking about it um so yeah so if, if you want to get involved with that thanks thanks emma for causing a divide a major divide in the studio there between Maybe. who ross and his happiness okay so um so. That, that, that is a thing <laughs> To be fair, Ross deserves that. He did come in looking like he'd slept in his car last night. Yeah, so that was hilarious when I found out you told him that. Did you tell him as well? No, no, I asked what happened. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what he said? I went for a new look. I won't be doing it again. Yeah, yeah. for a new look. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Paul have been living this for 15 years. We, we don't try new looks because the other person will just constantly just fucking if you've got them. If you want a new look, you've got to be totally committed to it. <laughs> you've got to really want to do something. Which is why about. I don't have my hair gels up anymore. Just saying. Yeah, apart from in your Facebook profile pic. Um, it's a wedding part. It's a special occasion. <laughs> I thought I looked alright in that. I looked young and thin because I did this. Because you sucked your face <laughs> in. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, right, so don't believe anything you see on Facebook. No, Facebook people. full of lies, isn't it? Full of lies. I love it. The people you see people you went to school with who were clearly just bad meths who had no friends and all that and all of a sudden they're like they're posting pictures of themselves in Dubai on the beach and it's like well you were still a bad meth in school you know what I mean nothing's going to change that um, and I know because I was one um, news in brief Chris I'd smash through this before we get onto the topics for the week and then later on to some of your questions as well oh I haven't brought any questions I know unfortunately then I'll have to go to the audience uh, yeah I've got one you, your not you your I've got one question for you and it links into this topic. Have you told Charlie yet that you're going to Porto? So on Valentine's Day. Yeah, yeah. So we're all right. We don't really celebrate Valentine's because we we got together like the week before, so we celebrate it like a week a week earlier. So I'm I'm, I'm groovy for it. Have you? Yes, but I've not told her it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Sometime in February. Uh oh. And I was told as long as it's not the tenth, it's fine. So, so can, I'm golden. So can I just? I'm going to give everyone a little insight into how Chris is going to break this news. He's going to leave it. To this the is very it, Paul. No, no, this is it. The podcast. It. You're going to leave it to the very last minute, and then you're going to say, "I'm really sorry, babe. Paul's told me I've got to go over to Porto for the." Yeah, that's it. Like, um, <laughs> no, she literally just said the tenth of February. As long as it's not that, because that's when her brother gets married. I'm all right. Oh, that's fine. And I already know it's not the 10th, so I'm fine. Cool. Groovy. Then all is good. So, Kat, yeah. Kat, if you're listening, I'm, I'm so sorry. She's not listening. Good. She never listens. Good. Because if she did, you, you wouldn't have a hair to say <laughs> sorry to. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Porto in the last 16. Uh, we haven't really had a chance to I talk got, about I got it. Ed, a brother, does listen. Ed, do not say anything. Ed, you know what to do. Um... Porto in the last sixteen, Chris. We, you know, you did the you did the live stream for Redmen. I did it for Boston. We've not really kind of touched um, each other each other since then. <laughs> um, so, what are your thoughts on um, what are your thoughts on getting Porto? I I'm nervous. I, I wanted Basel and Porto. They were the two teams that you wanted. wanted Basel. You yeah, crazy? Yeah, I don't mind them. I know that they've had like this hoodoo over us. We've for never ages. beaten them. I know that. And yet I still wanted them because they were still the worst side that yeah. we could have drawn. A shit ass. I don't like now going over to Turkey. So I made Well, hang on, shut up. So what you so what were the teams you wanted? Porto and Basel. Okay. Okay. Um Besiktas and Shakhtar, so I made a great point about Shakhtar just before we go on live. Those two Possible places to are to. horrible to get to. Uh, funnily enough, Rory from uh, CFC 
fans channel, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, one of the Chelsea channels, but one of the ones that was run by nice people. Um, he said, he, I think he said he's done it. So you're like, you fly into Kiev and then it's like nine hours on a train to get to where it is from there. He said, basically, it's part of it. And, and another point that Sai made, I think it was Sai, the finals there, isn't it? You know, in Kiev and stuff. So that, you know, a, a team from that country trying to get to a final in their own yeah. capital and stuff, that would be, they'd be vying for it as well. So yeah. Porto, Porto was my... Porto aren't the team that they were. Team of choice, yeah. You know, when Jose Mourinho was the manager and stuff, and they win the league at a canter and all that type of stuff. But they're still a dangerous side, mm. you know. I do fancy this Liverpool side against anybody, but it's the Champions League, it's the last 16. I'm nervous already. It's like two and a half months away. Yeah, I, I, I'm fine, and I, I can I can kind of switch off with it because, like I say, if I had, if all the teams in that draw, that's exactly who I wanted because... I wanted a buy. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, sad. Yeah, I hadn't considered that if I'm honest. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and say that. And are you lying by saying that that's the thought you'd had? No, now I do. When, oh, right, the, so. when the team's got drawn out, I don't want any of these. All oh, right, sad. Okay, given the choice, <laughs> I'd take none. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you know what? If Spartak just fancy having a go, then by all means let them. No, I, I looked at it and I thought, and look, we we had this. Obviously, when the the group draw came out, and I was really disappointed with our group because I I actually wanted Spurs' group rather than our group because I thought you know you, if you're gonna be in it, go in it and get a get a really good set of teams and have a great adventure and what have you. But we're through now, and now I realise that we we should have we performed really well in that group, and I actually think we should have performed better. Look, we should have had that group sewn up weeks. And we we could have had that group sewn up with like three game weeks to go mm. if we'd beaten Sevilla. You know, the, in, in the first game, and then gone on go what two weeks ago. We've beaten them the second time around as well, and we'd have been, we'd have probably, we'd have been, the, we'd have probably had the best goal difference in the whole of the, in the in the whole of the Champions League. Yeah, I think League. PSG. Had, well, no, they. I don't know the goals against. They I know they scored twenty five yeah. and we scored twenty three. So, but I don't know how many the difference in conceding. Yeah, was. and so I, I I I feel like Porto are, I think they're better than Spartak and they're definitely better than Maribor. I think they're probably. The the better than severe, but I I I have them in that so kind of bra- yeah exa- exactly exactly. So what I'm kind of what I'm kind of driving at is that I think there was more we could have we could have handled harder teams in that group, and I think it was a nice um, was a nice introduction back into the into the Champions League because we got some tough some tricky games, some tricky distances we had to travel and what have you. That was like the the, the perfect soft relaunch into the Champions League for us. And now that I'm now that we're in a knockout phase. I think about it and I think, ooh, I would, I, I just want this to continue. And as much as I think we could, we could have beaten a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or whomever, I think get to the quarters and then you know then, then you can the see quarters. the final. Exactly. It's got the word final it's got in the it. The word final in it. And that's just, that's not to say the Porto are pushover. I'm not, I'm not denigrating them in any way, shape, or form. I just think that they're a team nearer our level. Mm. Um, and so it's not it's a team that we can compete with I don't think it's one of those I think that, I don't think you can go through the Champions League clawing every team down to your level and, mm. and, 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 and scrapping with them um, but I think you can do when you get to the, the last the last few rounds if needs be so no I was, I was buzzing with Porto and again it's not too far away decent climb, climate and all that kind of stuff like so and you know it's on a reasonable they might even be on the same time as well within, within a couple of hours so it's fine like um so yeah great i was really pleased with that um moving on mane won uefa goal of the week fair play yeah fair play belter of a goal it was, was the f- it was the way that he went with his laces and then turned it 
just boss me. It's like his, his instep. Incredible volley. Sure enough. Well, um, uh, before we get into any 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 negative Mane talk, which might come in a bit, but um, so this was this is really interesting actually. Um, I don't even know where I stumbled upon this. Someone did an article on Twitter, I think. Um, so five thirty eight dot com. I've worked out that Liverpool are seventh favourites to win the Champions League at the moment, based on the current based on the current draw, um, with the favourites currently being Barcelona. Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Man City, PSG. Surprised how low PSG are. Well, only because they've drawn Real Madrid in the in the next round. Surprised how high Real Madrid are. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I think they've gone on. Well, yeah. I think that either of those teams, had they not been drawn against the other one, I suspect would have been higher up. The fact that uh, it's mad that Barcelona are so high. If you if you think they got Chelsea, yeah. Um, and Chelsea have got a very, very good record against Barcelona um, in, in Europe as well. So, yeah, it's, it's just an interesting stuff. A, we'll put the link in. It'll be in the it'll be in the info underneath the pod or on the on the post on the on the website. If you just want to have a look at it, do get in greater detail. But we have a according to this, we have a five percent chance of winning the Champions League, which is. Fine. It's more than last year. Well, consider that you know Man City are up there, and you know are the only other British team above us. Man United, we've got a slightly better chance. They're a four percent chance, followed by Spurs and Chelsea a bit further down. I'd like to have seen this bef- before the group stages. Mm-hmm. If they'd have done this before the group stages, and how, how different it, it yeah. was, like you know yeah. what I mean. It's I think pro- that'd be dead interesting because to make the quarters, we've got a fifty-eight percent chance, which is. You know that's good. Yeah. Make the semis twenty six. Make the final eleven, and yeah. then win the final five. Well, it's interesting because, of course, as we know, it's a fluid thing, isn't it? Is that be inter- if we got, for example, like say Besiktas get through against all the odds, and you draw Besiktas in the next round, then your your odds will be. Marginal. I as an example, sorry, <laughs> sorry, so Besiktas. Have a seven percent chance of making the whereas Bayern Munich have a ninety three percent chance of making the quarters because they drawn they've drawn Besiktas. I'd love like this is probably done on some kind of algorithm based mm-hmm. on goals scored and goals conceded and stuff yeah. like that. I'd love them to do this for two thousand and five, based off the groups yeah. and the qualifiers, and see what type of a percentage we had back yeah. in two thousand and five to win it. Because yeah. go ahead, lads, yeah. sort it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If if five thirty eight want to make want to make that a thing, then I would absolutely read it, and I would and I would read it to you people listening at home. Yeah, and I'd pay a pound for it. Not sure that's an option, but that's fine. Um, so before we get stuck into it, then I just want to give a little plug. I do um, it in Spanish too, because you can read it in Spanish. Um, es verdad. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. Um, yeah, before we get stuck into the topic, which is called rotation, rotation, rotation this week, mm-hmm. um, a little plug, Chris. We've got exclusives week going on at the moment. How good is exclusives week? Ten. Excellent. For the people who don't get the little in joke between us about how good ten is, there's no scale. Ten is the best. Ten is the best anything can be. Absolutely. Just to clarify where it came from, uh, I once asked my cousin. How much you wanted an accelerator pedal in your car, like in Night Rider, with lights up the side that lights up when you push it down. And his answer was simply 10, which is the most anything can be. So we've got exclusive videos and audio going out every single day this week. It started on Monday with Joel Matip, Kenny Dalgleish on Tuesday, and it follows through to Jordan Henderson on Sunday. Even uh, uh, Who's on Saturday? The madness of all madnesses. Madness? Lee Evans. He's pretty mad. Yeah, he's. 
he's I've mad, seen this and it's brilliant. He's mad as a box of frogs, that man. Um, so yeah, a little bit, a little bit off the wall, a little bit different. But yeah, we've got some cool stuff. Joe Gomez and I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying with Roberto Firmino because he stood next to him and he says about three words, so it wasn't worth advertising it on that regard. <clears throat> but yeah, Gomez, there's some storage stuff as well. We've got some amazing stuff coming up, particularly between now and Christmas. We've also got a competition running as well at the moment to win a gadget uh, show style Redmen TV Christmas hamper, uh, which features a, a whole host of stuff, which I can't remember off the top of my head, but it includes a Liverpool edition of Pro Evo 2018, a Redmen TV t-shirt signed by Firmino, Matip and Gomez. The only, the last three Redmen TV Christmas sweatshirts in the world that haven't been bought uh, are in that box uh, and you get a 12-month subscription to the website as well and loads of other extra bonus things t-shirts and cool stuff um, so to be in with the chance of winning that and obviously to get access to all the amazing stuff on exclusives we just go to the redmentv.com and sign up you don't even have to pay you get the first month free, which is ridiculous, isn't it, Chris? We're, it's absolutely ridiculous. Why are we doing this? We're giving stuff This is away. ridiculous, Paul. This is poor business strategy, but you know what? It's Christmas. We're the worst. We are the worst. Um, but what ultimately what it's about and what Redman's always been about it's about you guys and you know the people who are listening who, who get on it already. You know, you know what you get and you know the value that you get. But obviously, if we if it's a, if you ever been sat on the fence and you come up to Christmas and you think I fancy trying that, well, there you go. Try it. Get loads of exclusive interviews with cool Liverpool people. Plus, be entered into the draw to win all that amazing hampery goodness. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's boss. Just uh, yeah, free for the first month and then it's five pound a month after that. But you get an absolute ton of bonus video content and podcast content as well. So if you love what we do here, there's just more of it. So thank you very much. Anyway, advert over. Uh, Chris. Rotation, had, rotation, rotation. Yeah, we had an email sent to us, which if I'd <coughs> had a modicum of intelligence, I would have preloaded into my phone, but I haven't. Um, so Quite From Peter. Sure. From Peter. At yeah. Mail at theredmentv.com. So he set up an email at theredmentv.com to fire us over an email to stay anonymous, but he's given his name as Peter and said that I'll leave the surname off. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, that's weird because it's got his email address in here as well. Don't read it out then. To me, it was mail at theredmentv.com. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I never read it. Okay, well, it's that. Okay, brilliant. Um, that's, so, a, that's a level of subterfuge. Yeah, I just. That's he's then spelled his address wrong. Um, <laughs> so, you've got to all that and you've only put one D in address, Peter. Come on. Um, anyway. He's a Geordie, come on. Yeah, sure. He uh, says. Oh, no, he wasn't, was no, he? No, no, the Geordie's the other one to come. Uh, he says, You guys do. A re- he might look, he might be he's anonymous. He's basically like Deep Throat. Who knows? I think his surname's Pan. Sure. Um, you guys do a really good job of calming down the inverted covers. Popular opinions every week when we have a inverted covers. Bad game. But the rubbish I saw on Twitter and TV this week about the draw with Everton tipped me over the edge. I've never commented on Twitter or YouTube, but I just had to get something out to some people who can see through the noise. On Klopp, he was criticised for squad rotation and not appreciating the derby. I thought this claim was nonsense. Our team completely dominated the game regardless. It created enough chances to win and conceded no chances. The selection of the team had nothing to do with drawing, and although risky, Klopp's decision was justified. Solanke was okay, and had Mane produced a simple pass, he would have been on the uh, would have been on the score sheet. Then I'm sure everyone would be heaping praise on the team selection. The bravery of starting young players in a derby were not supposed to be scoring five to seven goals every week. We'll have finer one or two goal margins in some games. 
and all the criticisms I saw of Conte Chelsea the previous day about the squad being tired from the Champions League game and not being rotated apparently was forgotten when it came to Liverpool. Our lineup was totally feasible with Solanke and Ox both being very fresh and energetic and Firmino Coutinho not being as quick. This also came with a surprise factor to counter Sam's preparations. Chelsea actually lost their game, which you could argue was down to a lack of rotation. Who knows if the same would have happened to us if we'd not rotated too. On Henderson, Jesus Christ, as long as it? Um, before and throughout the game, uh, the entire match, Henderson was getting drilled with criticism. I watched the whole match, and despite maybe... Th- Despite maybe three absolutely terrible long-range shots, he was fine. He's not my favourite player at all, but I don't understand what he did wrong today. I don't know if there's anything he could do to please the fans except play a different role. I don't think anyone knows what a number six does. On Lovren, good God, the guy did nothing wrong. The didn't-give-a-referee-a-chance comment is the worst excuse to criticise a player I've seen in football. That's the one I used, by the way. Thank you. Uh, this excuse doesn't fly in any aspect of real life when it involves officiating. It's I, no, this is where it gets a little bit heavy, by the way. So if you expect a lighthouse red bed, I just want to pre-warn of the next couple of sentences. It's identical, and this is, this is by the way, the words of Peter, not the words of the Redman TV. It's identical to telling people not to dress well to deter rapists and then blaming victims if it happens. The referee was wrong. Lovren was completely innocent. Calvert-Lewin dived. Klopp, Lovren, Henderson. None of these people had anything to do with drawing this game and I didn't even have to criticise Lovren as a defender or reference his past mistakes any other world class defender could have done this referee again the Premier League officials have ruined another football match VAR couldn't come sooner although I'm seriously unsure if it will help because when players like Lukaku are getting away with open and shut cases like kicking people twice in plain view what difference does it make when referees still can't get decisions right when shown replays Uh, and he would like to keep his name anonymous so we have done apart from his first name which we revealed Um, Right, so point by point. Well, let's. I I want to I want to largely address the rotation side of things because okay. I I totally agree with this. Now we've had a little bit of a, a back and forth in the in the office. Like I know Simon totally and utterly vociferous in his um, belief that Jurgen Klopp got it wrong and, and to, to in any way, shape, or form denigrate the importance of the derby was just stupid and it made him very very angry. Now, I don't know sometimes, Chris, whether it, it, it's a combination of I'm a bit older or we've been doing this for a long time or I've just watched a lot of football. I don't know whether it's any or if, if it is, in fact, any of the above. It didn't bother me particularly, the selection. There were a couple of moments and decisions during the game that I didn't totally agree with. Like, let's say, for example, we shouldn't have taken Salah off as early as we did. I'd have kept him on a bit longer just for the fear factor that he provides. But I contend... That and this is an easier contention to make than it was a month or so ago when we were doing similar things. That team was more than good enough to beat Everton, and I don't think you can legislate for the, how the game ends up being drawn. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel too critical of the way Klopp lined that team up. No, I think <clears throat> I spoke about it yesterday on the final word, and I don't mind reiterating some of that because you weren't there first and foremost, and a lot of people listen to this podcast who don't subscribe. Yeah. But one of the reasons that, that that I gave for that is that why I don't disagree with his rotation is because we blew up in January last season. Yeah. And I don't think you can... Yes, we drew this ge- that game at the weekend. Yes, it was a massive game. Yes, I'm disappointed. I'm not in any way, shape or form, accepting of a draw in the derby. Yeah. I think we're better than that. I think yeah. we're better than them. But the simple truth of the matter for me is that you can't judge Jürgen Klopp on 
his rotation policy until you've seen it through to the end of these yeah. mad games, whether that be the middle of January or the end of the season, then you can judge him on his rotation policy because, let's be honest, he has rotated and he's been a bit maverick with it. He's yeah. been a little bit tinker man. He's been a bit more even rot- rotated even more than Rafa Benitez well, I did. I don't think he's... It, it, it's so far beyond... Tinker man implies, like... These aren't little changes, no, wholesale changes. wholesale changes. Have we played we can, three we different formations in the last three games? I think we have. Yeah. I think we've gone like 4-4-2. I think we've played three at the back. I think we've played 4-3-3. Yeah. Uh, if not in the last three games, certainly in the last no, four in the last, five. in the last three games. So these are, these are changes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're not losing anything for it. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys who were coming in all had good games. Yeah. I do really believe as well that the Moreno injury hurt us yeah. because not only did it hurt that performance on Sunday, but it affected the substitutions on Wednesday that yeah. he could make. Yeah. And I think that you, it's very easy to just forget about that yeah. and brush it under the carpet. But that changed what Klopp had to do yeah. because Emery Chan was on a yellow card. Maybe he gets changed out. Maybe then starts the game because we're so far in the lead against um, Spartak. You just don't know exactly what's happening. So for me, I'm all right with the rotation. I'll I'll reserve judgment on this for a little bit later down the line. Yeah. Um, certainly until at least the middle of January. Ultimately, it was the biggest week of Liverpool's season. We're through to the last sixteen of the Champions League, and we got a draw. Yeah, and we're fourth in the in the Premier League off the back of it. No, I agree. I, I, the the Moreno thing, you're right. It gets it gets forgotten. The two biggest weeks of the season we've had so far, which led to the Chelsea game and led to the Everton game. Moreno had to be substituted off because he lost his head in Seville. Which fucked us because we cost us a substitution and then get injured, which is obviously not his not his fault at all uh, against Spartak. And you're right that for me that means that you make one more substitution, you get to put some more legs in the tank, and that's a, that, that that's the tip. legs in the tank, which is a thing. Um, people don't consider. Look, we don't consider it, do we? You know, and it's because look, here's the thing. I've said this a few times. As fans, it's not really our job to consider, but it should be really. We've, uh, you know, if we all want to give our opinions on the football, we've all got to take a, a view like a manager would. Yeah, 
and we're all here giving our opinions. Exactly. And I, now I know I don't want to throw Sai under the bus for this, but because it, it, it was very much his instant reaction to it, he's got off. So he's, he, might, he might listen to this after the fact. But he was he was saying he would he was angry that we didn't go full strength for the derby. He felt that he would and his words were. I would rather he didn't. I don't give a fuck about West Brom. Was his response? Because we were saying, you know, we, we've got we, we've got to think about that game as well. I would rather win the derby and lose against West Brom than draw the derby and win against West Brom. So you'd rather take three points rather than four. So yeah, look, it was a flawed argument, which is why I'm not gonna I'm not gonna batter him too much. I'm not gonna batter him too much. Could, no, because we could drill down. So it's the obvious point. But the point remains is that he was angry about how we lined up, and I lots, the case of, being, lots of people were well, exactly. And the case being made is that if you put you should have Coutinho in that team because you, if you're going to play against a team that was going to sit deep and was going to be hard to break down, put your best creative midfielder into that. And I can see, a, I can see a case for that. Um, my issue with it is that I don't think there's any guarantee of return on anything in, in that regard. You can, play, I've seen these games too often, not very often against Everton. To be fair, it's not often that Everton play like Stoke or play like West Brom in these games. The you can struggle and it takes a moment of magic to open these games up sometimes. <clears throat> we got that moment of magic. Mm. We then did, although, you know, I've, I've seen the Toffee TV lads crowing away about how we didn't create enough stuff. For me, it all, it all boils down to Sadio Mane. And if he's just a bit less of a dickhead and just squares it, that game's done. And, and you know, we're 2-0 up, we're cruising. They have to. They they've got no choice then but to either completely shut it down, or to go completely at us and try and get and try and get something out of it. In which case we either pull them apart as we've been doing to teams like that all season long. It was just a fine. It was a fine balance, and that's why I think Sadio went into business for himself a little bit to try and get his own goals up. And how we play is a fine balance. Uh, and when you've got someone like that not pulling towards that, I, I feel like that's what's undone us more than anything else that was uh, that was done by. Yeah, by I'm, listen, I'm not going to throw Sadio under the bus. I agree that he should have played the pass. I didn't realise at the time when I watched it. I didn't see the three people. I was focused purely on Sadio Mane. Really? So when I come out the game, I didn't know there was three people. It oh. wasn't until I watched the highlights. I didn't that, know there was three, but I I and I didn't know it was Solanke. I I thought it was Salah. I didn't know it was that. I didn't know it was three, but it was Defo. It was what I remember saying. I thought time. Chamberlain was in the best place. Yeah, but either, either way, it was obvious that there was just someone there. And my only hope was because I, I never the video. I never did the video in the end, but I can't remember saying it. I hope to. I hope that the square ball wasn't on because if it's on and he's missed that and when I watched it back it's worse than I ever could possibly yeah. have imagined because he's on his left foot yeah. he puts it miles wide and it's just uh, Man City don't do that yeah, you exactly. know and that's Listen, the difference Mane does stuff on the football field and has done stuff this season that, you know, it's it's one time he's not yeah. done it, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm willing to forgive him for that because yeah. ultimately, whatever Toffee TV and whatever any Everton fans say, we created more chances after that. Yeah. You know, the Joe Gomez one, the Firmino one when he's sliding at the back stick, uh, Phil Coutinho's free kick, uh, I'm missing one as well. I, was it Mane or Salah's header? Salah's header, yeah. You know, they, they don't go down as shots on target, but they were guilt-edged chances a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, and they probably should have been converted. Exactly. Now, it does change the game, the Mane one. And I'm, I've no doubt about that. But that's got nothing to do with Klopp's rotation. Exactly. And, that, and that's the point for me, is that there's no guarantees that you perform any better with more on the pitch. Because, again, 
I thought Solanke had a good game. I thought he, he, I thought he played well, particularly in the first half. You know, he led the line really, really well. Again, we get we Salah's Salah, Salah's playing either way. Mane's the first choice in that in in that regard as well. You've got two borderline world class players on the pitch there in the attacking positions, both of whom could, should we should they should have had a goal and assist and an assist, and they've done they've done the job the same way they've been doing the job for. The last the last couple of months, so I agree, and, and that's why you're right. It, there's no sense in, in, in totally lambasting Manny over it because again, he, you know, he scored a great goal the other week that got us underway. He scored important goals. He's starting to he's starting to find his form again after a tricky season, and that's what when I say when it boils down to it, Manny takes the blame. Yeah, Manny takes the blame, but not like. Well, that's the end of Sadio Mane because he's got all the blame. He takes the blame for that one perform- that one game. Those two for me, the those two points exactly. But it's definitely not a let's pull apart the wider implications and let's do this and that because I think the manager got it spot on. Here's the thing, Chris, and this is what Evertonians won't like to hear, and some Liverpoolians don't like to hear as well. We've played Everton like what they are. We've chosen to play Everton like a team that is. 10th or 11th in the in the Premier League. We've played them like we like we played Stoke, like we're going to play them West like Brom. They, no, that that was the thing that must have done their heads in most because it they didn't play like it was a derby. They just played like they were better than them. Yeah, and this is the problem with this with this with the derby in recent years. And it's people say the derby's lost something, and it has. It's no, that was not a derby. I haven't seen a proper derby in in Yonks, but you know what? Here's the thing. I'm old enough to remember when there were proper derbies, and we used to lose loads of them. Yeah. We used to lose derbies all the time in the nineties, and it was horrible. I, I've got no problem, and you know, look, we could do with more scousers in in these games, but equally at the same time, look, because it's nice to feel like you've got someone who, who represents you on the pitch without a shadow of a doubt. But scousers lose their heads in those games all the time, and yes, that adds to the derby vibe. But again, I don't three know. points is really what matters about yeah, the derby, yeah, isn't it? exactly. Because ultimately, I don't, I get no enjoyment out of it. The only enjoyment comes in those last couple of minutes when the games. One and you know you're gonna you know you're gonna get the three points. So this might sound like heresy, but you know Tom Davies and Ross Barkley lost their head big time last year and kind helped and contributed towards Everton losing that game. We are, we've got a bunch of players there who don't give a toss about Everton. They just treat Everton as another team, and that's massively disrespectful to Everton. But fuck it, Everton deserves to be disrespected because they're shit. Mm. Um, and it wants, if they get back to being a top team and they want to get back to being what they are, and this is again. This is not to take away from how they how they set up in that game, by the way, because that was very canny management from Sam Allardyce and, and Sammy Lee. They set up with a game plan not to get tonked, and they and they got the best possible result out of that, which was a draw. That's what they've come for: a draw away away from home, a draw at Anfield is a is a very very good result, and that was echoed by their reactions and celebrations to it. So all the credit in the world to how they set up; they got what they came for, but they got lucky in how they got it. So I'm not too down. Da- I'm not too downhearted no, the spirit of no, that. No, not anymore. Not anymore. It's done. Move on to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you say, I think if we're going to judge rotation, we're going to have to judge this 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 run of games. And if this means if we're able to get wins by hook or by crook, by any means necessary against West Brom and Bournemouth, and then we're able to field our full strength team against Arsenal and beat them at the Emirates, then it's totally vindicated for me. Yeah, but it won't be. It w- yeah, but it won't be for the masses. That's that. That's the problem, isn't it? No, you know what I mean. No, but not for you. 
No, 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 exactly. And hope, hopefully, for the vast, hopefully for the vast majority. But you know, again, like we say, this is going to be. This always felt like one of those seasons. We've been saying it for weeks now that we're going to have to judge this at the end of the season. It's not a season where any no one result at the moment has a major impact on what we're doing, um, provided they're not. You know, horrendous. I mean, we've had a couple of those really bad defeats, but look at them. We've bounced back from them. People would have thought if you use Man City and Spurs as barometers for where our season is, well, we're above Spurs and, and Man City have absolutely pissed the league. And we actually, you look at that game, we could have done a lot more in that game, but for, mm. the, but for the money, they can't. Yeah. And listen, just a little bit on Lovren as well. I think I used the same line in my match reaction, but obviously. It's different when you see something once from fucking miles away yeah. to when you see it. So I, I put something out on Twitter last night that got a, quite a lot of reaction actually, um, and there was a there, and I'm not saying that everybody's using this argument against Dejan Lovren, but the the one that's really done my head in more than any is he should have been further away from Calvert Lewin. Right, and I've heard people say that he shouldn't be so close to Calvert Lewin, which in essence means he should be further away from Calvert Lewin. Right. right? Now, I've seen this argument 150 times, 200 times on Twitter, and I try to think about when I play football. Admittedly, I'm not a professional footballer. I've never been a professional footballer. I understand that. <laughs> Shock admission. But I have never once thought, I'm too close to him. I'll back off. Yeah. And I've played a lot of football over the years, yeah. and never in a million years has that thought ever come into my I head. I haven't, I haven't even seen that shout on, on, on social media about it. It's, I think the thing is, everyone... Who thinks... I'll get further away from him yeah, in That will be gonna, the right call of I'm action. I'm going to give the opposing striker more space inside that box. It's never going to be nah, a I'll thing. Follow. It's never going to be a thing. Here's the thing, Chris. I, I've, I've watched it back a ton of times. It's nowhere near as cut and dry as I felt it was at the time. I told, But here's the thing. Dejan Lovren does give the referee a decision to make. Yeah. Because, and it's not because he, Carvalhoon gets knocked over. It's just, for me, it's just literally, I think it's his left hand position and does it. And it cause it look he puts his hand up, <clears throat> which you will be able to see on the video, of course. <clears throat> it looks like he's pushed him. It's similar to the Jordan Henderson penalty the, the other week against Brighton. It, it, it looks as though he's given him a given him a shove because he's there, and you're just putting two and putting two and two together. When you watch it back, you know Calvert Lewin, he basically he, 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 he steps in, off the line of the ball, Paul. He jumps into Dejan Lovren and bounces off him and go and goes down. So. Is a thing. I can see why it's given a penalty, and I will not argue that it was a penalty because, again, it's one of those. If you go, if you're choosing to be physical with someone in the box, in that situation, I don't think he was choosing to be physical. No, but he's going shoulder to shoulder with him, isn't he? That's what he's, he's yeah. trying to. He, I think he's trying to do. No, I don't and think I, so. So I, I think, and this is where I think people, are, what people are, dri- are driving at with it, is that. He's going away from goal. Let him go. Let him. Let him take the and ball. And I agree away from with goal. that. I um, I absolutely agree with that. But you can't do anything but put your hands up if someone backs into you. Yeah. What is he supposed to do there? Well, chest him. Yeah, I know. Well, what it, happens it, it, when you fall on the floor? Do you land on your chest or do you land on your hands? No, no, true. But if you show so when someone shoulder jumps shoulder, into shoulder, you, shoulder to shoulder, your reaction is to put your hands. He's not shoulder to shoulder because he's behind them, Paul. Well, you know what I mean. Is that if you go? But that's that's what the that's the gem. What they're going for is they're going to be tough and physical and like I'm going to knock you off the ball so I can have the ball. That's what's ha- that's what's maybe. happening there. Maybe. But again, if Lovren. Or maybe he's actually doing what everyone thinks and he's trying to shepherd them away from goal. Yeah. But well, the guy, but Calvert Loom's come off the line of the ball. So 
whether Lovren's thinking about going shoulder to shoulder in five yards time is fucking irrelevant yeah. because Calvert-Lewin's forced that situation early yeah. and Lovren's put his hand up and I can understand why the referee's given it and I'm not a fan of the front view where you see the two players running towards it because it's not the referee's view yeah. the, re- the view from behind is exactly what you say it looks like he's pushed him yeah. the difference is he didn't yeah yeah, so the referee's been the referee's been in con in that one, and I, like I say, I, I could see I can see why it's been given as a penalty, uh, but you're right, is that I think the abuse that Lovren received because I think Lovren had a really good game. Mm-hmm. I thought by, by and large, and I can see why Klopp and that angry. And I think people have taken what did my head in was match the day's reaction to it with so like Klopp's they, they've read Klopp's reaction as is actually what's even funnier is he didn't react on BBC, he only reacted to Sky, so they had to he gave a really a sensible reaction. And instead of reacting to his reaction on their footage, they skies. quoted skies and then and then reacted to the quotes of him, not how he said it or his reaction. So Klopp's angry, and although he, he did a lot of stuff in his press conference asking people, "Did you think it was? A, did you think it was a penalty?" and what have you? Um, and they were saying that they, <coughs> they were saying that he should he, he's gone over there without watching it back. Uh, he, you know, he shouldn't have reacted without seeing it because he, he did watch it back. Wrong. He admitted that in the interview for Sky. He said, "I've seen it." <coughs> one of the first questions. Yeah, I know, and it's it, it, exactly the it, it's the bullshit bollocks. He's entitled to be angry because uh, his response is not that Everton aren't allowed to play football like that. It's that here's the thing, and I think people get it gets lost because we are also intrinsically linked to our own football because we all we are blinkered and we all should be. I I believe in the way we, the way we judge our own football clubs is that if you lost the game of football to that, you would be angry. Absolutely. So he's got every right to be angry, and it's mad how you've got these random people sat in studios going, "Whoa, why is he so angry?" If you if you cost would cost two points by that decision, you would see it your way. You would always see it your way. Uh, yeah. So I, again, I think Damon Lovren on that. Lovren's got plenty of things to damn with. Yeah, don't add to it. Yeah. If that was another, if that was another situation, another player. Uh, I, again, I've seen them given, and I've seen them not given. And there's often, there's plenty of times in, in games where that happens, and the defender laughs at them like he does, and the referee goes, "Get up," you know, and tells him to get up and get on with it because it's not, it's nothing because it is it is soft, but it is what it is, and you know, I think Everton needed that point just for their own happiness. So let 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 them have it. Um, move on to questions then, because and Narek, brilliant question. Uh, just to kind of lead on from this a little bit, um, on, on Twitter he asks, I, I totally get Jürgen's rotation policy, but given the derby result, um, do you think he will use a stronger FA Cup lineup than originally planned? In my opinion, Allardyce, X, Jürgen, so he'll be keen to dump them out of the cup in the most humiliating way possible. That would be so sweet. So the only thing I don't, I, I think he will, but I don't think it was, it will be because more than originally planned. Yeah. I think his plan will be to go. Comp- I think he will treat that derby game, that FA Cup game, as a. I will gear my team up to be full to be full strength for that. I'm not sure he will, and I think that's the most humiliating way to beat them. <laughs> yeah, I think he's fine with. I think this notion of Liverpool's first three sides, we're not going to see it on many occasions, and yeah. I don't think the derby is going to be one of them. Yeah. If I'm honest, I think Ward might come in. Yeah. I think that'll piss him off. Yeah. Um, it's 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 difficult. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just a very similar side to that, with probably if Sturridge is fit, Sturridge instead of Solanke, because I think that was probably the plan. Yeah, it looks like we've gone 
more half-arsed in that derby because Robertson's coming out of the cold. Well, Moreno injury, thank yeah. you very much. Solanke's coming out of the cold. Daniel Sturridge injury. Now, you throw Moreno and Sturridge in there, you've got the creativity to beat them, and yeah. that was probably the side that was planned to start. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't... I don't think... I agree with you. I don't think it'll be more than originally planned. I And I think he'd be bad too. I think because that he'd be pressured by fans and that's the one thing I don't think Klopp ever is. Yeah, I don't think I don't like I, say, I don't think his plan will change. I mean, it's just that we both think his plan will be different. I think he'll go full strength for it because there was no need to go full strength against Spartak because we're much better than we're much better than Spartak Moscow. We could have done that with the team that won the derby. I think it's about important placing importance on it and I think he feels a league game in the rotation of league games for the quality is different I think in an FA Cup it's a one-off thing it's a big occasion and feels there's going to be that the lower Annie Road is going to be chock full of Evertonians and all that kind of stuff I think well it will if he wants to win the FA Cup I think he'll put his full strength team out because I think he knows I think he values the importance of winning silverware this year um that's I mean just my take on it but that's the point I would I would love that I would love us to go what's the FA Cup of course I'm going to go Gonna go big, just a league. You know, I, I'd love him to go. I'm gonna put the same side out and prove he's all wrong. <laughs> this side was good enough to beat Everton, and we'll do it in the FA Cup. What would be interesting is how Everton line up with that because Allardyce was very keen to stress it was just about putting foundations in place, about being getting solid defensive. Like he kind of saying like we won't be doing this every week just to kind of appease the fears of Evertonians. If he goes like that again. In the FA Cup, yeah, maybe I know that I know that Everton had a couple of injuries along that back line, didn't they? Though, and and they kind of piece piecemealed that together a little bit at the weekend. Um, I'd be surprised if he, I'd be surprised if they came to Anfield and played like that again. Mm. But then it's Sam Allardyce. Who knows? Um, okay, we had a, an email, another email coming. This guy from Michael this time round. Um, it's quite an interesting question. It's actually not something we do. I'd ever it's really a considered. Highbrow. It's a it's a touch highbrow, but we'll cover that. He says, "Hi, Redman. My girlfriend gets annoyed whenever the phrase a beautiful goal is used, saying, how can a goal be beautiful? It's just kicking the ball at a target.' Normally, I just ignore it, but I've been thinking it over. And we normally des- what we normally describe as beautiful football are usually things that require a high degree of skill or technique. However, there are many things in other aspects of life that, even though they require a great deal of skill, are not considered beautiful, such as piloting an aircraft, software development, or engineering. Is there an inherent beauty in a thing?" 30-yard scream or 25-pass move. Is all football, to even Tony Pulis' style play, beautiful, or have we just confused skill with beauty? If that question is a little too highbrow for the podcast, my backup question is, who would win in a fight between a rhino and three horses? P- it's a rhino. P.S. I'm a Newcastle fan, and I still subscribe to the Redman TV website. Keep up the good work, lads. Thank you very much, Michael. I agree. Rhino. Yeah. Now, make it interesting and put the rhino against three giraffes, because horses can't really fight well, horses have got a good kick on them. It's true. It's horse true. can kill you have with you a, a gi- Have you ever seen a giraffe fight? I have never seen a giraffe fight. Giraffes use their necks and basically just swing, swing themselves. Oh, mate. You need to, we'll go on after this and we'll watch some giraffe fights on YouTube. Okay. They're actually <laughs> dead nasty, like. Dead nasty. Is this legal? Yes, it's totally like dog fights or no, anything. It was, like it was on um, Perfect illegal giraffe fights. On planet Earth. All the little scallies from Kenny are missing out, aren't they? They could yeah. be having giraffe Fuck fights. dog and, fighting. Yeah, could be Let's get the giraffes on the go Giraffe lids. fights and, be, and stay within the boundaries of the law. Um, right, I've had some thoughts on this because as a, as the as the arty farty one of our, of our relationship, um, I think... I understand why people don't... You've got to understand the context of football to be able to apply the beauty to it. You have to have an understanding of what it takes to do it. So I can, if you've no, if you've no interest or understanding of football, you can't look... Because I'll give you an example. I show 
I got my, my lad five, and I, I, I showed him Mo Salah's goal in the derby, and he's just still non, very nonplussed by goals and the actual watching of football because he, he just he's still just into kick, kicking it as hard as he can and running a, running a little bit with it. I and so if you take a goal in isolation and show it to someone. It's just they, they have no appreciation for the finer points of it. It's the same way that I could show you a piece of art and you'd be like, it's a good drawing, isn't that? You know no, I mean? think you've got my, my opinion wrong on it, to be honest. Oh, no, I, no. I've thought about it for quite, quite a bit of time as well. I think I'm probably the same as you. I'll use his one software development. I have no understanding of that, so I don't know how beautiful something can be. Yeah. And that's essentially what you're saying. You need yeah. to add context to it. I know how hard it is to do what Mo Salah does and yeah. put a 25-pass move together, so I appreciate that it's beautiful. Yeah. I literally can't draw. So when I see any fucking painting, yeah. I'm like, that's fucking beautiful. But, because I couldn't do it. Now, I might not assign okay, the well, word beautiful to it. But an example of that, sorry, is more... i give you a piece of modern art and you go... Well, it's just someone slapped a few fucking throwing a paintbrush about a fucking thing. Oh, absolutely. Because Paul, that's all you've done. Exactly. But there's, but again, once you, but like anything, you've <laughs> like, got there's a. Cost. I could do that. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. That's the difference, and that's why I don't consider it beautiful. But that's because a, I can throw put paint at a wall, exactly. and I can throw shit at a but wall. But it's the difference is that anyone can kick a football, and anyone can kick a football into the top corner of a goal. But if you, so, if you look at it from that, but it's it's a, it's what it is. It's an. But that's why, like, let's use the Mona Lisa as an example. Yeah. I can't, fucking hell, I can't draw a stick, man. Yeah. So trying to draw that, yeah. that's beautiful. That's technically proficient. It's not necessarily beautiful. The beauty of art comes from the, the depth of meaning behind it and having not a greater understanding of it. Technically proficient, but like the way that people can layer paintings and all that type yeah. of stuff up, you have to have an understanding of how to do that in the first instance. Oh, I've got no way of doing it. Fucking hell, I can't even make green. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, like these guys use just a few colours and make the colours and stuff like that. And I'm like, what? I can't make green. <laughs> but yeah, I think in, in answer to it, it can be beautiful, but it's uh, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, ultimately. And again, so if you if you take things out of context, you've got to have an appreciation for the for the for the art form to find to find beauty in it. Uh, and you can be objective or you can be subjective in these things. Like the way you can see beauty in something that you don't necessarily. Like, like, like you can see beauty in another man, Chris, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be. Look how you know, for example, you find specimen. Um, but you know what I mean. You can have a you can have a pre appreciation for things in life without necessarily having a deeper understanding of them. So it's not this is not a black or white mutually exclusive kind of deal. But I believe that you can find beauty in anything. Like again, let's use pilot and aircraft. There's a functionality to there's there's a functionality to football. That is not that is not beautiful, but there are beautiful elements to it that are the the, the pinnacle of it. So there's there's a difference between piloting a carrier or a or a, a commercial aircraft to being in a, a stunt pilot or whatever. In which case there will be a you know there will be beauty to those to those kind of things. Um, so yes, your girlfriend should not get annoyed. If she's getting annoyed, it's just through her own ignorance. Fair enough. <laughs> Dumper. Find beauty where you want to find beauty is what I'm saying, basically. And uh, if you're not finding beauty in something, address that. Address that and decide whether you want to, or maybe look at what things you find to be beautiful, and see if you can compare that and find an understanding as to why someone else might find something beautiful. That you Michael, don't. please don't split up with her because you're starting to question how beautiful she is. 
based off this as long podcast. as you find her beautiful and she finds you beautiful and that's all that matters um, or if you've maybe got a mortgage and a long term commitment to each other like you know what I mean you've got to a think kid. about that yeah exactly um, and thank you very much for being a Newcastle fan who listens to the podcast and subscribes to the website if that hasn't been enough to get you off the fence in addition to exclusives week and the chance to win an amazing Christmas hamper, then I really don't know what is. Um, thank you very much, Chris. This has been an absolute pleasure. Belt of a podcast this week. I hope everyone... Should we just have a little check of Emma's poll now? See if I've made a comeback? Have you been putting some... Wild, wild... Did you see me pick my phone up? Oh, have you, have you been... No. Well, here we go. Well, what have you done? Nothing. Have you been, have you been campaigning? I'm literally just going to check. Oh, come on. How many tweets does she put in? This is terrible. <sighs> terrible radio. Uh, 1,649 tweets. Paul the Charmer, 41. Chris the Cheeky, 136. Ross the Sympathy Vote, 23%. Wow. There you go. Um, so, yeah, you've got a few hours left to vote, potentially. She never said who tomorrow. she voted for, though. I did ask her. Uh-huh. She just said, not Ross. <laughs> oh, give Ross a vote make him feel better um, yes listen thanks very much please do again leave ratings to highest possible ratings and reviews on stuff that's always appreciated go subscribe to the redmedtv.com I can't stress this enough it's an amazing time for you to jump on board got some class stuff coming up up ahead of Christmas as well and you get to see the video version of this podcast and the sensational Christmas tree that Chris has erected in the studio yeah, yeah always erecting stuff in the studio oh yeah uh, e, uh, on the casting couches <laughs> Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Walk on. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.